Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 268 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, studying in October the 3rd to October the 9th in Isaiah 58-266. Today we're going to skip towards the last uh, parts of the book of Isaiah today, looking specifically at Isaiah 64 to 66, which we'll cover over the next few, uh, well, the last couple of days for this week, looking at how Christ will reign on the earth during the millennium. So the end of the book focuses, as I mentioned, on um, this uh, this second coming and how the Lord will rule and reign in righteousness um, from the heavens and he will come down from the heavens um, that he will he will appear to us. In fact, in verse one of chapter sixty four, as it says, "Oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens, that thou wouldst come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence." Um, so Isaiah speaking to the Lord, um, seeking his his presence and his uh, his coming to the earth, um, as as it would be in the in this in these last days in the second coming. And as he describes this uh, second coming uh, moment, he describes it as people waiting on the Lord for this second coming, seeking for it to happen. It says in verses uh, four and five, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and work of righteousness, those that remember thee in thy ways. Behold, thou art rough, for we have sinned in, in those is continuance, and we shall be saved. So the Lord comes uh, to the earth in the second coming, and he, those that have sought to follow him, to live those covenants, and to try to stay close to him as much as they can, will rejoice. He has worked and he has wrought their, their salvation with through his atonement for their sins, and they will be pleased to see him. Um. Elder President, well, President M. Russell Ballard said this, quote, Waiting upon the Lord implies continued obedience and spiritual progress towards him. Waiting upon the Lord does not imply binding one's time. You should never feel like you are in a waiting room. Waiting upon the Lord implies action. I have learned over the years that our hope in Christ increases when we serve others. Serving as Jesus served, we naturally increase our hope in him. The personal growth one can achieve now while waiting upon the Lord and his promises is an invaluable sacred element of his plan for each one of us. The contributions one can make now to help build up the church on earth and to gather Israel are much needed. Marital status has nothing to do with one's capacity to serve. The Lord honours those who serve and wait upon him in patience and faith. Close quote. I was uh, listening uh, to um, a podcast where someone described waiting. I mean, sometimes this waiting can be seen as describing uh, someone who's kind of waiting around not doing very much. But actually, when you think of the other verb to wait upon someone, um, you think of someone like in a restaurant bringing and serving uh, the person who they are waiting upon. Um, now, I'm not sure kind of which level of each um, we're, we're speaking about here, but this kind of does help us to understand that this waiting upon the Lord is not a passive sitting back and just, you know, putting our feet up until he, he comes. But we are serving, we are blessing, we are waiting upon um, others. And in, in turn, therefore, we are waiting upon the Lord. And I liked that kind of um, insight into it. As we continue into verse 6, it says, But we are all as an unclean thing, 
and our righteousness is are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Um, but then in verse, so it's kind of this, this idea that, you know, even our righteousnesses are filthy rags. You know, the things that we do that are right are good, they're fantastic, but, you know, we, we make mistakes, we, and those mistakes need to be cleansed, and we can't do that by ourselves. But, of course, our Saviour does that for us. And in verse 8 it says, oh, But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay, and thou art our, thou, thou our potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. Um, this building up, this being part and a, a, a re- result of being the Creator's mm-hmm. hand uh, is a lovely one, um, because it gives us this sense that the Lord is able to take us and mould us and shape us into the way that he needs us to be. Um, and this second coming of the Saviour is an opportunity and a moment in which uh, that work can continue uh, so that we are able to um, seek uh, his change and, and love to, to change us as well. Uh, President Russell M. Nelson said, quote, personal identity is much more than a passport photograph. We also have roots and branches. Divinity is rooted in each of us. We are all the work of our, our creator's hand. We are eternal beings. In pre-mortal realms, we brethren were foreordained for our priesthood responsibilities. Before the foundation of the world, women were prepared that they may bear children and, and glorify God. Close quote. The reality is, is that before this life, we were prepared and we were ready made ready to receive the things that we do on this earth, the blessings, the responsibilities, and, and the challenges as well. Uh, and as we go through all of these things, the good and the bad, the rejoicing and the suffering, um, the Lord will make all things right to us when he comes again, um, which is another wonderful promise when there is so much uh, difficult and, and um, tough things uh, in the world that we have to deal with. Uh, which which make us to question, you know, why why are we going through this suffering? We'll jump ahead to uh, chapter sixty five now to continue to look uh, at this um, at this principle and and how the Lord will come again in the second coming. Uh, yeah, in Isaiah sixty five verse seventeen, we continue in the description of uh, this second coming and how the Lord would uh, or will come forth and uh, make a new heaven and a new earth in verse 17 for behold i create new heavens and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind but be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which i create for behold i create jerusalem a rejoicing and a people a joy again i think we often think about the second coming and it can be a a fearful time uh, but we need to remember that it is a time of rejoicing that his people will be um, will weep with happiness in verse 19 and i will rejoice in, Ju- in jerusalem and joy my people and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her nor the voice of crying um mortals mortal trials suffering difficulties will not take place anymore um it will be a beautiful wonderful moment in time um and it's for us, something which we should look forward to. And of course, you know, it's, I suppose, perhaps the unknown or worrying that we are ready for it and things like that. And of course, we're not, you know, we're not going to be perfect when that time does come, but we need to be doing what we can uh, to, to, to be able to receive the Lord into our hearts when he, when he arrives. Um in verse 21 and verse uh, 22, it says, And they shall build houses and inhabit them, 
They shall eat plant they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruits of them. Uh, they shall not build and another inhabit, and they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. I find this an interesting couple of verses uh, because it seems to indicate that um, in the in the millennium that people will work for their own gain and that they will receive of that gain. Um, that to me teaches me a couple of things. First of all, is I I think sometimes we try to imagine uh, what the millennium will be like to actually live in. I mean, obviously we think of the second coming and Christ coming to the earth, but then what actually happens for those years and years and years afterwards? What do we do? Uh, and there will be work. There will be things to do. It's not like we'll all just suddenly live in a a paradisi paradisical state and everything will be um, just to kind of sit and enjoy. Um, but we will be required to work, but what we have, whatever we do to work, we will receive the direct blessings of, uh, which very often doesn't happen today. Um, it can be the other way around. Sometimes some people don't work very hard and, and they get a lot, and sometimes some people work so much and still don't see the blessings of that. But another thing we often uh, need to, to remember as well is that um, we all be, is, is that that is why the ability to work and be self-reliant is such an important principle in today's world because that principle will continue uh, into the millennium. Uh, and I think that that is uh, a wonderful thing to work on. We'll conclude this section uh, tomorrow um, and we will um, finish up with the book of Isaiah completely. So don't forget to join us then. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.